0: Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis.
1: Listen to you move your mind I bet you come from way down south. Now don't
2: tell me, let me guess, you're from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk
1: Memphis, I on the bluff, I swear I can't get enough.
0: Welcome to Talk Money, and now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker.
3: Well, we have a big community event coming up this Friday and Saturday. It's called Mission of Mercy. The first Mission of Mercy project was held in 2000 with the goal of providing free dental care to individuals who are underserved or due to being either underinsured, underinsured, that's uninsured or underinsured, or simply having limited access to dental care. Mission of Mercy provide care to both adults and children on a first come First Serve Bases, and this week in our city, we have the fourth Mission of Mercy event at Bellevue Baptist Church. My guest, Dr. Chuck Wood, member of the Mission of Mercy Board of Directors, and Dr. Ben Taylor of Bellevue Baptist Church. He is the community event coordinator and the pastor for Mission of Mercy. Coming up in the second half of the program, my guest is Michael Powell. From our feature segment, Money for Millennials, today's topic is steps for improving your financial literacy. Would you believe this? Did you know that according to National study of Teenage students, one in five lack basic basic financial literary skills. So we're going to talk about that. My guest will be Michael Powell. From our Did You Know Files, I find this to be extremely interesting from the Census Bureau. The U.S. population was 328 billion, excuse me, million as of January the 15th, that's this year, 4.4%, 4.4% of the world's population, which stands at, and this is a billion, 7.55. So just how do we stand according to the population? Well, In the world, we're only one out of 23 human beings live in America. We're pretty small when it comes to the world population. Do you remember, and I do, 35-cent gas? Well, AAA and the Labor Department has come up with some interesting data. The average price of gasoline nationwide was $2.24 a gallon as of last Friday. And the average price of gasoline nationwide in 1969, 50 years ago, $0.35. You remember that, some of you. But after adjusting for 50 years of inflation, that $0.35 price for gas in 1969 is equivalent to $2.48 in today's dollars. Gas is cheaper today than it was 50 uh, That's hard to believe. I don't know. But I'll check those numbers. Just eight percent of a million of one thousand twenty-five American adults that were surveyed by Gallup in December of this past year described honesty and ethical standards when it were talking about members of Congress. They just said, "Okay, it's high or very high." That's only eight percent, compared to fifty-eight percent of those that were surveyed who believe that lawmakers' their honesty and ethical standards are. Uh, no surprise. Low or very low. Well, if you have questions for Talk Money, send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. To find today's program or podcast of past programs, go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. Like us on Facebook. We would appreciate it. Coming up, Dr. Chuck Wood and Dr. Ben Taylor, our subject is an event, a community event called Mission of Mercy. It's in Memphis Friday and Saturday. It's free dental care. Stay with us. We got Much more to come. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. This is Talk Money.
1: Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this.
0: Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Securing Financial Services are affiliated with Ben Taylor, Dr. Chuck Wood,
1: or Mid-South Mission of Mercy. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
3: And welcome back. I have with me today Dr. Chuck Wood and Dr. Ben Taylor. Both of these guys are very much involved in Mission of Mercy, an event, a community event, that we're going to be having in Memphis, Tennessee this weekend, Friday and Saturday. And it, I just want you to be aware of it. It's at Bellevue Baptist Church, and you need to know that's on Appling Road. here. In It's in Cordova on Appling Road, 2000 Appling Road in I want you to just make sure that you write that down. If you're interested and want to know more about it, of course, we can give you that telephone number. And let me go ahead and give you a telephone number if you're interested. Just write that down. I'll give it to you a couple of times. 347-2000. That's Bellevue Baptist Church, 347-2000. We'll give that to you a couple of times so you'll be aware and you can write it down so you can be a Dr. Wood, let me ask you this. As a board member and a local dentist, you're a board member of the Mission of Mercy and a local dentist. Just tell me, when you think about it, you've been doing this for how long?
2: Uh, probably about 14 years.
3: 14 years. All right. So as a local dentist, now this is where you have to shut down your practice for a day, and you go work not four hours or 10 hours, or you work, I mean, from sunup to sundown during this time, and seeing a lot of patients.
2: Uh, that's, that is very true. Uh... We uh, we'll start probably about four o'clock in the morning and finish up about four or five o'clock in the afternoon. So it's a it's
3: a long day.
2: It is, but it's uh, it's a good day. It's a good day to be able to help people
3: from the from a, uh, from the big picture when we look at this. I know we're talking about here in Cordova at Bellevue Baptist Church, but from a national level, how did this event? I mean, how did this get started? Where was the need? I mean. So there's a lot of thought here going into this. This just doesn't happen because two guys get together and say, "Let's have a dental clinic one day."
2: The the very first one that uh, that we know of happened in Virginia in 2000. Uh, it uh, uh, was the state dental association and other state dental associations heard of it and came together. And uh, uh, really, the the national mission of mercy came together when Kansas and uh, Nebraska got together and shared equipment. And uh, the uh, ADCF, which is America's Dentist Care Foundation, was formed, and that's who uh, owns the equipment and gets equipment to the various locations all throughout the country. We'll have roughly uh, 28 or 29 of these events uh, all through the country this year.
3: But, you know, when you think about it, that's a, that's it's touching, as I said in the monologue, those individuals that are either uninsured, underinsured, or simply have limited access to dental care. Those people that, you know, we think about it, and, you know, taking care of somebody's teeth, you know, when you do it, and, I, and I'm a regular, you know, my, my dentist sees me every six months and, you know, then sends me on my way. But for some people, a dental appointment is, a, is an event for them. It can be very expensive. And this is, uh, as you know, and I've seen this, so having worked there as a volunteer, that the pe- person that, that comes in that doesn't smile and then leaves at the end of the day, and smiling because their teeth is is fixed is really what this is all about.
2: Absolutely, uh, we we are able to do a limited number of uh, uh, partial dentures that uh, changes lives. Uh, uh, if we had more funding, we'd probably do more of those. Uh, but it it really changes life. You know, if you don't have a front tooth, it's hard to get a job. Uh it's it's hard to uh you're kind of covering it up with your lip. A lot of people think that you're not uh you're not friendly, you're not happy, and it's it's really more of a defense mechanisms uh That's a, that's that.
3: so true. Ben, let me ask you this. When when I think about what we do and see at Memphis, this is um I, with tongue in cheek I said you guys mm-hmm. don't get together when Thursday and decide to do this. Right. This is an event. I mean you've been planning on this you you finish and on the 26th of this month, and you start immediately thinking about next year because mm-hmm. it does take an enormous amount of work. So talk about what goes on. How many volunteers do you have at Bellevue, or coming from all over the state, and you know, this region, it's not just Bellevue members, and anybody can volunteer. That's something very important because there's how many do you need?
4: We need um, we need anywhere between fifteen to eighteen hundred volunteers over the over the weekend. Um, the dental volunteers are really the key because without them uh, being uh, a part of the day, then uh, there's not much that can take place without the the professionals.
3: Now, when you talk about the professionals, that's dentists, that's hygienists. Genius, that's what else? I mean, dental assistants, dental
4: lab technicians. Um, we use nurses uh, in medical triage, physicians um, also in medical triage. And so when we're looking at um, those really very specific uh, opportunities to serve that you have a skill set, we need you to make make that day happen.
3: If you're just tuning in, my guests, Dr. Chuck Wood and Dr. Ben Taylor, these guys are dedicated to Mission of Mercy. And if you want to know more about Mission of Mercy, just go online, type in simple easy to do, Mission of Mercy or Mid-South Mission of Mercy, and you can look and read and see past events and what's going on this Friday and Saturday. And I just remind you that if you need to make a telephone call, or you want to find out more, just call Bellevue Baptist Church 347-2000. Now, don't ask for Dr. Taylor, Ben Taylor, because he's busy working. Yes, will all, not be in the office. <laughs> not be in the office. You know, so we're talking about a lot of volunteers why do you use the, the other volunteers? Now, I understand the, the physicians, the dentists, the hygienists, the lab t- all that, because we're talking about dentistry. Yeah. But what do the other volunteers do? Really, it's one of our, our key
4: values at Bellevue. It's really, we're just trying to show what we call intentional hospitality. Every patient that comes in, every guest that comes into our doors will be welcomed by somebody from the community, not just Bellevue members, but members from Christ Methodist, from Second Presbyterian and churches all over our city come and volunteer at Bellevue. Uh, And what we really strive is for them to know that they are cared for and loved all the way through. Those patients will walk, uh, those volunteers will walk with patients throughout the clinic, make sure they get to where they go. If you've ever been to Bellevue, you can get lost. And so we really try to use those general volunteers that may not have a specific skill set to care for the patients, to guide them where they need to go, but also to help the volunteers. We have volunteer hospitality. Those folks that are working six to eight hours in the clinic, they need breaks, and we really try to take care of them as well.
3: All right. Now, I want to make sure everybody that's listening, uh, pay attention. This is for the uninsured, underinsured, or simply having limited access to dental care. Mm -hmm. fits a lot of people that's not and and it's surprising we have this image well i know who that person is no i'm not sure we do the the person who has access to limited care Mm -hmm. can really fit this and again you know i i know chuck that this is a a volunteer when we use the word volunteer nobody's getting paid
2: uh that's absolutely correct uh it's you know it's from the heart Uh, it's a chance to uh to give back to the community you know god's gifted us with with talent and he's uh, told us to use that talent, and this is an opportunity to, to do that. Uh, we don't get paid with with money, but we get paid with smiles, hugs, and kisses. And, and you know and that,
3: that is so true. I mean, I, I can't describe it. I guess I want to remind you: go online, just go to Mission of Mercy, and you can see this the the hugs and the kisses, and the you can just see all of a sudden it's changing somebody's life. That tooth that had been bothering them for years mm-hmm. has now been removed. And they're outside of having a tooth removed. They're going to be pain free from that particular mm-hmm. that particular problem. Let me let me ask this because when you talk about volunteers, Ben, and you've got all the things going on, when does when does this start being put together? I know you, you you've got to bring all the equipment in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the equipment comes from a foundation, mm-hmm. and it, that comes in these eighteen wheeler trucks. Sure. And all that starts when?
4: Yeah, the, uh, the actually the 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 equipment was delivered yesterday afternoon. So it's on site (laughs) already. Uh, We will start unloading everything uh, tomorrow morning at 8 AM. And we will take all day tomorrow to set up. Uh, We've had supplies coming in probably for the last month and a half um, where we are getting ready to welcome those patients. A lot of it will take place this week, but all the planning started last February when after the the last year's mission of mercy was over, we started planning for this year's mission of mercy.
3: And I think it's important. I, 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 i don't i don't know if anybody would even question this because we're talking about professionals Uh, and, and this is this is critical, this is not second-rate dentistry. No, you
4: have some of the best or the best dentists in Memphis that are serving uh, with Mission of Mercy.
3: I, you know, and I think everybody needs to get that. This mm-hmm. is a community event. Mm-hmm. By the way, I want, to, I want to talk to you in a second about that, but a community event where you've got volunteers from all over the community, mm-hmm. professionals, laymen, everybody is just saying, they're touching people, they're reaching out, they're ministering to people, but this is not a lack of quality. This is yeah. excellent dentistry. It's, it's a friendly environment. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, there's the, I mean, the weather is a, it's a predictable thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you notice mm-hmm. I put right. that out there. <laughs> and sometimes it's, it changes the way we do things. But you do everything you possibly can to make this an environment that is friendly. It's a friendly environment, but yet it's a safe environment. Right.
4: That's exactly right. Uh, we want to make sure that all of our dentists are licensed by Tennessee State Dental uh, Dental Society. We uh, make sure that everybody has the right credentials to serve in the area that they are. And when they come in, the patients can rest assured that they're going to be getting the best quality care. We have uh, individuals on staff that if there is an emergency, that they can be there ready to help serve in any of those situations.
3: This is on a first-come, 1st first serve yes, basis. Mm-hmm. This is not, uh, I can go get a number and come back tomorrow. Right. afternoon, but it's a, it's an event that people have to understand that Chuck is what what's that like being first come first serve?
2: Well, you know the thing about it is there's no credentialing. If you want to come get in line and stand, we'll take care of you whether you're uh, whether you're you're a zillionaire or or just anybody. We just want to love on people. Uh, you do have to to wait your turn. We we uh, we get no money from the government, so we can. We can be fair. We, you don't have to, to get, have a ID or anything like that. It's just we want to take care of people. So uh, we welcome anyone that wants to come stand in line to get work done.
3: Now, let me, let's talk about that standing in line because, I, you, I mean, families come. I, I know families. You've got mom and dad and two children or something. I know you treat children. And you have people that are pedi- pediatric, pediatric dentists, dentists yes. and so they're treating specifically children. And you make sure those children are not just left alone. My wife, your wife, both work in that peds area, and uh, they're very dedicated to the children.
2: We have a system worked out. Uh, if if you and your children are going to be treated, there needs to be two adults, because what we do is is while one uh, parent or, or guardian watches the children, we treat the other adult. And then we switch off. Uh, that way they're not, the patients aren't there all day and uh, it's more efficient for the family. But we don't, uh, we do not separate families.
3: That's important for everybody to understand. In today's environment, you've got, uh, you know, a thousand people. I, I guess this line that we're talking about, I've, I've witnessed the line. I've visually seen the line. It's impressive. They start getting in line at when? I mean, when would you tell somebody if you want to be treated on, a, on Friday, when do you need to get in line on?
2: Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have some seven o'clock, uh, Thursday evening lining up. And the thing is, is there's uh there's certain procedures that we have a limited number of and it, there again, it's first come first serves, not who you are. It's where you are. And, uh, uh, we have a line and then about six o'clock, we open the doors. We get folks in the building. Uh, another thing we do is we feed them breakfast. We feed them lunch. Mm-hmm. We take good care of them that way. Um, that's the part of the funding that we uh, that we need to to do this event, um, but it's um, you, you know you you wait your turn and you get treated. But nobody
3: are, nobody pays to move up in the line. You know it's first come first serve, and children are kept with their parents and things like that. Ben, I know Bellevue puts a lot of money into it, and I want to know just exactly. Where does, where does all of that? I mean, you're part of what we call Bellevue Loves Memphis. Yes, you're sir. the director of Bellevue mm-hmm. Loves Memphis. Now, mm-hmm. describe Bellevue Loves Memphis, and then how does Bellevue come alongside Mission of Mercy, which is a separate entity? Right. And right. there's two entities here, and then mm-hmm. Chuck, I'm going to ask you in a second, and where does the funding come from that side? But Bellevue mm-hmm. has a budget, and I'll yeah. talk a little bit about the budget, about this whole year that Bellevue's mm-hmm. looking at. Talk sure. to you about Bellevue Loves Memphis.
4: So Bellevue Loves Memphis was really uh, the, come out of the heart of our pastor, Dr. Steve Gains uh, in 2007, we took up a love offering, and the entirety of that love offering went towards our city and to create a ministry called Bellevue Loves Memphis, where the whole purpose is to get our members outside the four walls of the church and and into the community. And since that time, that's uh, over 10 years, we have seen multiple thousands of volunteers go out in the community and serve in, in a variety of ways. Uh, when we talk about uh, about Bellevue Loves Memphis, it's not just about uh, sending people out, but it's opening up the resources that God has given us at our campus at 2000 Appling Road to the uh, to the community at large. Uh, for example, this, this coming year in May, we will probably host about 13 graduation, public school graduations uh, in our facility, uh, and with uh, little to no cost to the schools for the facility charge. And so when we had the opportunity to become a part of the Mid-South Mission of Mercy, the way that we are able to give is we will give some money, but we're saving Mission of Mercy between forty dollars to $50,000 of a facility fee that they would have to pay if they were going to the Cook Convention Center mm-hmm. or the FedEx Forum. And so that is really the the, the aspect of Bellevue Loves Memphis that we're really, um, we're really just trying to, to pursue here. We're welcoming everybody into our building with the love of Jesus Christ.
3: And that that is that is so important for people to understand. There you're not this is a church that's that's literally throwing the doors open and mm-hmm. saying, come Mission of Mercy is going to be an entity that's providing dental care, mm-hmm. but the church is providing the facility yeah. and a lot of the volunteers come from the church.
4: Sure, that's exactly right. The best way to explain it, this is a an event that is sponsored by the Memphis Dental Society hosted at Bellevue Baptist Church. That's, the Memphis Dental Society, they are the ones that are key to raising the volunteers, uh, along with uh, Dr. Godat and Delaney Williams. They work tirelessly to get funding and uh, volunteers to come and be a part of what we're doing. So the Memphis Dental Society, uh, along with many partners, the Shelby County Dental Society and others, they help raise the funds and the volunteers, and then we host it at Bellevue.
3: Well, if you just tuned in, my guests are Dr. Ben Taylor and Dr. Chuck Wood. They're talking about the Mid-South Mission of Mercy. If you want to know more information about that, you can give them a call. And simply just reach out to the Appling facility, Dr. Uh, at Bellevue Baptist Church, 347-2000. Bellevue Baptist Church in Cordova, Tennessee, is where it's going to be held at 2000 Applin Road. When I come back, I'm going to find out some information. You're going to be shocked. How much dental care? Write this down. Just sit down on a piece of paper and say, oh, it's $100,000 of dental care. It's a million dollars whatever it is. When we come back, we're going to find out exactly how much dental care will take place over this weekend at Mid-South Mission of Mercy. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk
1: Money. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this.
0: Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Secure and Financial Services are affiliated with Ben Taylor, Dr. Chuck Wood, or Mid South Mission of Mercy.
1: And now back to Talk Money with your host Jim Shoemaker.
3: Well, we're talking about Mid South Mission of Mercy on today's program, and we have as our guests Dr. Chuck Wood and Dr. Ben Taylor. Both Chuck is a Chuck is a local dentist here in town, and is the American Institute Care, uh, Dentist Care Foundation president. And we're going to talk about a little bit of what they put into it, and Ben Taylor. Uh, we've already kind of. Circle the wagon around what Bellevue contributes. He is the pastor in charge of Bellevue Loves Memphis. You may have been a recipient of Bellevue Loves Memphis. Uh, you, it, they've reached out now for ten years. I mean, I've laid grass on ball fields, I've cleaned out shrubs and painted houses. I've, you know, it's just it's just being a part of a ministry to the city, Ben, and uh, you know it, it has had the impact. I was impressed when you said. I think you said something like 18 or 13 or 18 different schools will have their graduation at church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, that's just, uh, again, telling the community we're concerned wow. about you and involved with you. And that is what Mid-South Mission of Mercy is all about. And it's, uh, it's volunteers, professional volunteers. It's excellent dentistry. And as the president of the American Dentist, Dentist Care Foundation, Chuck, I mean, this event doesn't just happen because you reach out of your pocket and put a few dollars in. It's a lot of people putting dollars in, but there's a lot received. Can you give us kind of the statistics of what's been received as far as the patient is concerned?
2: Uh, yes, Jim. Uh, over the last 10 years, the, uh, the uh, American Dentist Care Foundation has provided the equipment to do these missions of mercy in uh, 31 states, uh, we've seen 265 thousand patients during those 10 years, and provided 175 million dollars worth of care, and uh, uh, that's all over the country, from Alaska to Florida to Connecticut, uh, uh, Las Vegas, Houston, just just all over. The it's country.
3: amazing that that that's a group of people that I mean, and, and I know Bellevue has the mobile. Dental right. unit mm-hmm. that goes from places to places, mm-hmm. and it's had a great impact. Doctor sure. Jim Sexton does that, mm-hmm. but this is where, and again, if you're listening and you just tuned in, Chuck Wood, local dentist, Ben Taylor, the pastor of Bellevue Loves Memphis, the pastor director of Bellevue Loves Memphis at Bellevue Church, and guys, this is an event that brings people into from the community, but it's volunteers loving on patients, it's professionals doing dental work, it's an excellent ministry opportunity really to tell the city, the individuals, the love of Christ. And mm-hmm. that's really what's, that's essence of what it's all about, yeah. Ben. Yeah, I think,
4: you know, depending on who you are as a volunteer, because we have volunteers from all walks of life, uh, your motivation is different. But for us and many of the members at Bellevue, our motivation is really to show the love of Christ to all those that walk through our doors, whether you're a a, a patient or whether you're a dentist, we want you to know that that Jesus loves you, and that we're going to love you. Uh, we're going to love you too.
3: I know the the mission statement that Bellevue is: love God, love people, share Jesus, and make disciples. Mm-hmm. And this is really that moment where the city is seeing Bellevue touch that, and the partnership that you have with the American Dentist Care Foundation, mm-hmm. the local dentistry in this ministry is really. Uh, that type of impact. That's the that's the touch of, of yeah. really seeing putting yeah. the feet and the touch together mm-hmm. with the love of Christ.
4: It's it's holistic care for an individual. Uh, when when Jesus was here on earth, uh, he walked and he took care of individuals' physical needs and their spiritual needs. Yeah. And, and our heart is to do the same, uh, to be a part of, of the same. We're going to see people that uh, their physical needs are going to be met, but we're going to pray for people that that want to be prayed for. We're going to share with people and just listen. Uh, we're going to have opportunities to
2: to have holistic care for individuals that walk through our doors.
3: Well, there's no doubt about that. Chuck,
2: go ahead. Hey, uh, one of the things that, that the Mid-South Mission of Mercy does is it brings all Memphians and Mid-Southerners mm-hmm. together. I mean, you have people that would never see each other never touch each other Mm -hmm. never know what it's like uh but it brings memphis together and it's compassionate and and uh you know you never i think there's a thing down at graceland says you never know a man till you've walked in his shoes and uh Mm -hmm. uh it's it's true there there's people that that would never meet Mm -hmm. the different social statuses that they meet uh ethnic i mean it's it's bringing all people together and uh it's it's probably an event. It's very unique.
3: I think it's very unique, it, and, it, and it's just a great to be a part of it. If you've missed the opportunity this year to be a volunteer, write it down, 347-2000. a telephone number. It's at 2000 Appling Road, Bellevue Baptist Church. Just make a phone call. Say, hey, I'd like to volunteer. Can't this year. It's too late, but maybe next year, or Ben, is it too late? Can they, is there still a way to volunteer now? If you are a dental volunt- a dentist uh, or a dental assistant,
4: a hygienist, we are always, we will never turn away uh, dental volunteers. We are mostly full on our general volunteer opportunities, but uh, dental volunteers uh, and medical volunteers, they're still in need.
3: They're still in need there mm-hmm. simply because of the demand. Right. Chuck, how many people will you see this week, and what's the amount of dentistry you think that this group of people will do?
2: Uh, I would assume... Uh similar to last uh, three years there, we will see probably between 2,000 2,500 patients, probably somewhere between one and $1.4 million worth of dentistry will be done.
3: It's amazing. It's just absolutely amazing. What we're talking about is individuals who are underserved due to being either uninsured Underinsured or simply having limited access to dental care. Mid South, Mission of Mercy. Telephone number 247-2000, 247-2000 at Bellevue Baptist Church. And you need to line up. It's uh, first come, first serve. You cannot buy your way up in the line.
2: It's the bottom line. Chuck Wood, thank you so much, sir. You're a great friend. Thank you so much for having us Jim, and, and getting the word out about the Mid-South Mission of Mercy to, to your uh, audience and uh, uh, we'd invite them to uh, if, if they want to come by and just look thirsty and see the uh, it'll be the world's largest dental clinic uh, for Friday and Saturday. we'd love for you to come take a look, see what's going on. You don't have to work, but uh, we'd love to love to show you around. Just
3: show you around.
2: Ben, thank you, sir. Yes, sir.
4: Thank you so much for the opportunity. And if you would, just be praying for us. And uh, also, I would encourage you to go to our website, uh, midsouthmissionofmercy.org. Um, there's always need for funding. It takes about $200,000 for this event, um, and we're always uh, trying to recruit more opportunities
3: for, for people to give. Don't forget. <laughs> just That's always a need, folks. Yeah. Great volunteers, but you need to write a check. You can do that. Stay, stay with us, because when we come back, I'm going to be talking with Michael Powell, steps for improving your financial literacy. One in five young people have no financial literacy skills. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money.
1: If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this.
5: Back when present-day Tennessee was claimed by North Carolina, the Chickasaw Indian tribe owned the land along the Mississippi River Bluff. The Indians allowed settlers to live on their grounds and later sold the land to Andrew Jackson, John Overton, and James Winchester. Their plans for the incorporation of the land into a city did not sit well with the settlers, who were unwilling to go along with newcomers from the East. The settlers needed a strong spokesman from their own ranks if they were to have any say over the future of their community. Fortune smiled upon the settlers when Isaac Rawlings emerged as their leader and persuaded Jackson, Overton, and Winchester to accept a compromise and leave the outlying areas outside the new city. This victory made Rawlings an important figure in Memphis politics for many years. His prestige and reputation allowed him to win several easy victories in the earliest mayoral races and yet remained true to his humble frontier beginnings. This has been another Mid-South History Moment brought to you by Shoemaker Financial.
0: Jim Shoemaker and Michael Powell are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc., securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This
1: information is not investment advice or a recommendation. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
3: Well, welcome back. My guest, Michael Powell, Certified Financial Planner. He has got a segment that we've been running consistently called Money for Millennials. And this topic is some steps that we're going to talk about improving your financial literacy. Now, if you happen to have a be a millennial or know a millennial or you know somebody that's a little younger than that, maybe high school or college, I hate to say this, but the United States ranks seventh. Out of 15 countries in an international study on the evaluation of 15-year-olds, their aptitude to understanding financial concepts, just it's essential, like, you know, products and buying something. I, I was doing something, somebody had given me an app or shared with me an app, but it was just about tipping, and it, it was about uh, buying something and, and just doing quick math. And it was shocking that, I mean, I found it to be relatively simple, but that doesn't make me me smart. It just says that I do it. But it showed me a statistic, and it was talking about the individual who this is a real struggle to do simple financial calculations in their head. They don't sometimes understand it. Well, here's the deal. Do you remember the first time you were financially responsible for money or with money? Well, that's what we're talking about. Michael Powell, welcome to the program, sir.
6: Thanks for having me. Always good to be here.
3: Well, you know, here's my question for you. I mean, there's some steps, and that's the title of the program, Steps for Improving Your Financial Literacy. Let's start with this. Let's just assume that when we're talking to someone— that everybody has a level playing field and they've got some basic things that they need to learn. So give me some just building blocks to help this you know, person to move into becoming more financial adept, more capable, more aware of financial needs and financial you know, thought processes that they need to have just as young adults.
6: Well, one thing that's obvious to everybody is educating yourself in that literacy. Whatever it is, one thing you can do is take an online course. I don't know if you're familiar with this small website called YouTube.com. Usually they have a lot of different videos that can really break down different things that you really want to learn more about. And even if they're basic things from budgeting to tipping at restaurants to how to balance a checkbook, some things that we don't even do anymore... Online courses are easy, and you can make them as short as, you know, 30 minutes.
3: You know, that's a great. You you refer to There's plenty of online courses, and I think I might have been working on online courses. That's a layout program I was talking about. That might have been what it was. I think the problem with that is don't you have to be motivated, don't you have to desire to do that? I mean, is it is it a just a lack of motivation or, or what, sure. do you, what do you think? Is it just Yeah,
6: I think um if, if there's anything I wanna do better at, I've gotta sit down and take the time to do it. It's not just gonna come to me. It's just like finances. Educating yourself, there's got to be a motive behind we gotta
3: it. got to be a motivation from it. So, all right, I like that. Take an online course. That gets me started, whether it's doing it with YouTube or anything like that. Educate yourself to learn the language. I think that's critical for a lot of people, learning the language of finance sure. and then understanding the real world. So right. what's step number two?
6: I would say listing out your expenses, as in writing them down. And what I mean by that is really we don't take the time anymore, I don't think, to really see what we're spending on a monthly, daily basis. And, you know, if you do the math and I have my clients do this, I'll just say, hey, look, write down all your normal expenses that you spend. And then as they get farther down, they're like, wow, I really am spending this much? Yes, you are. And really, that's just kind of giving you some self-awareness on, you know, where you stand, uh, what things you could maybe cut out. I don't know. When, when's the last time you checked your bank statement?
3: Sorry, we don't disclose personal information on the board. I'm kidding. You know, but that's a great point. I mean, it's, it, there was a time that I did it all the time. You know what I mean? So I know what you're talking about. Being simply aware, developing good habits, whether it's managing your expenses, but developing the good habit of checking your balance. I yeah. do this now. I do check what I spend with a credit card. Sure. I keep the receipt, and I look at my statement. And I match the receipt, and I check them off. And I would tell you today that I'm about ninety percent accurate all the time. In other words, when I say that every receipt that I've got matches something on my say, occasionally it occurs that I forget or lose a receipt or something like that. But that's just a habit that I started. Probably when I first got my first credit card.
6: And you're a rare case. Well, not only. Probably. If probably. I, if I asked not, you know, 10 people, I'd say 4 would probably do that.
3: Well, I think That's you, just
6: a guess, I'm but sure. I would just say that because if you look at people's, you know, normal finances, they're not going to take the time to go through and just think of this one expense that just constantly gets charged that they'd they just completely forgot about it. But
3: you gotta remember, Michael, I live in financial world. So That's right. That's I don't right. Have a choice. We you both know? do. If we go over here and get Greg and ask him, I'm sure maybe I don't know. Greg's our producer, by the way, and he probably <laughs> I would you know, maybe we ought, never mind, we won't ask you. But uh the reality is you're right, most people don't pay attention to the details of their finances and their money. Uh, last yesterday we had someone in the office and we were going through this process of talking about kind of managing and I was thinking about today's program and I, I discovered that it, it was a couple and this is the case in a lot of times when you have a couple The one individual of in this couple, I'm not going to say male or female, that's not important, one individual in this couple was, uh, I don't think they'd ever looked at their checkbook and I'm not sure they could tell you what their expenses were and they had never looked at their credit card balance the other member of this particular family, was to the detail of the detail of the detail. To the penny. Yes. In fact, I, you know, I mean, <laughs> I said, well, I was tight and I would, couldn't you've heard me say this before on the program, I can squeeze the buffalo nickel to the buffalo sets down. <laughs> I said that. And one of these individuals said, well, the other person squeezes the buffalo till the buffalo lays down. So <laughs> I, I got it. You know, there's just that mindset. Oh, yeah. So you have a couple, and a lot of times one person in that couple is the strategic detail person. The other person is not. And they just have to learn to work together. And we've talked about that on the program. Is that communication that has to take place in a financial conversation, it needs to take place on a regular basis as you get married or as an individual. Financial literacy is critical.
6: Sure. Absolutely.
3: Give me another. You've given us twos. Take an online course and then list your expenses. Go through that process. Write them down. Form some good habits. I know you've got a couple more. What is the other?
6: Understanding the impact of your credit score and how credit works in general. We did a whole show about this last time I was on. Just you know, understanding the different things of how people calculate your credit score, what that is. I mean, any entrepreneur can't really start anything without having some sort of credit history or a good, healthy credit history, for that matter. Uh, but the earlier you understand it, the better it works out for you. Because unless you're in a very blessed situation where you have a lot of you know, family that has money to let you lend and whatnot, then you're going to have a lot of trouble in the future, whether you want to purchase real estate, um, finance a car, all those different things. And if you don't know how it works, then how are you going to get better at it?
3: You know, you would, again, take that in our world that that would be somebody would know how to do that all the time, but that is important. I mean, when we talk about financial literacy, whether it's a millennial or a baby boomer, understanding your credit score and under and managing your credit score is really kind of a a mandated thing. We, we understand that as financial people, but Michael, I think what we see is a lot of people just kind of let it happen. Mm -hmm. And I know you do a good program with me when we talk about how to develop a better score by doing some things specifically. We won't get into the detail today, but that is important, is managing that. All right, we've got really good habits. We've got, you know, the understanding that we're talking about. Take an online course, learn the financial language. This gives you something to prepare yourself for the real world. And as Michael said, there's plenty of courses out there. Number two, he talked about understanding and writing down your expenses, kind of keeping records and knowing how to do that. Budget. Not that it becomes something legalistic against you. It's something that manages so you can visually see where the money's going. You made the comment, Michael, that bottom line is some people get surprised when they realize that. Well, when we come back, we're going to get, we've got several more that Michael's going to walk us through. We're talking about steps for improving your financial literacy. You kind of take them for granted. But we realize that a lot of people listening don't do them. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes. I'm Jim Shoemaker with Michael Powell. This is Talk Money.
1: Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this.
0: Jim Shoemaker and Michael Powell are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services, Inc., securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. The S&P is an unmanaged index of 500 large cap stocks. Investors cannot invest in an index. Shoemaker Financial and Securing and Financial Services do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding
1: your own specific tax or legal situation. And now back Back to talk money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
3: Well, we're talking with Michael Powell, Certified Financial Planner. He has a segment that he does with me on a regular basis called Money for Millennials. And today's program, we're covering steps for improving your financial literacy. If you want more information, you could go to the Forbes Financial Council. There, they have a uh, some information about just uh, some steps also about improving literacy. And uh, we're just looking at that. But bottom line is we're just going through a, a very simple way of – Knowing more about your, knowing the language, knowing more about your finances, avoiding common mistakes, and the bottom line is, it's things that we take for granted that everybody knows. But then all of a sudden, you're making steps for a career, and you're moving out of college, you're moving out of home, and you're you're stepping out, maybe you're getting married, and all of a sudden you think, well, we got to do this, we got to do that, and you just struggle with doing some things without making mistakes. And we all know that a financial mistake, you want to keep the make the little small ones not big ones so the first thing michael said was take an online course and that's a great idea just educate yourself to learn the language make sure that you're preparing yourself for understanding the real world of finances and uh, michael you said there were just several short courses out there don't have to don't have to go out and take a two-year course or no just just, don't have to
6: go to community college you sit down in the class you know
3: saturday morning when it's raining one morning Just stick it and go from there. That's a good point. Then I I like the second one that you gave us, and that is do some. It's not so much that you're doing budgeting, but it's listing your expenses to get a handle on where the money goes. I know I did that one time, and I, I have to admit to you that it brought me, not one time, I do it a lot, but one time I did it, it really brought an awareness that I was spending way too much at a local retail store. We might call it a big box store, and we might know that I would go in for to buy one item, and it appeared that I was coming out buying five items. And that's called, you know, I'm not going to tell you which store it was, but most of you can know that it, you know, it um, started with a W, and it goes from there, and it might be a Mart store, whatever. (laughs) But you know what I mean? I had this... I had this, I would go in, I was lacking the control. And so I had to form some habits to know that that was, and I did it because I became aware of it with expenses. Yeah. And that's important. Then you made a comment that you wanted to know more about our credit score. I think that's extremely, extremely valuable. And I think people don't spend the energy and the effort to understand their credit score. So I guess when we go through that, I'm looking now. You've done a very good job of giving us three. There's others. Where would you take us from here?
6: I would say the next one, it's probably one of the more important ones. If I'm talking about long-term things, it's saving, starting to save. And, and you know, that's time with compounding interest. That's one of the interesting wonders of the world. It's the eighth wonder of the world, according to Albert Einstein. Mm. But the more we save, the better we're going to be in the long run. And retirement's getting more complex for people. As we keep living longer, history shows that, that people are living longer. There's going to be smaller resources for millennials like me. So really the most important thing right now is to treat yourself like a bill, kind of like what we said with budgeting, write down your expenses, make an expense for you, save for yourself in the long run. And the better you do that, the more aware you're going to be with your finances. Because the more money I'm managing on myself is the more I'm going to be more cognitive of how i decide what to do with that money. And I may educate myself more just because of that.
3: When you talk about education, I mean, I appreciate that savings and and being paying yourself first, but you led with education. You led that, you know, go online, do something with financial literacy through an online course. But education sometimes is difficult because I can listen to something that makes sense to me or something, or I could be listening to something that just goes right over my head. Oh, yeah. So what do you suggest for a person that says, I don't get it. It's just difficult. It's hard for me. What would you tell them to do?
6: I would say start looking at, I guess, simpler courses. I don't know. I mean, you have to start from square one. It's like, it's like your ABCs, one, two, threes. You just want to make sure that you start from somewhere you understand and start building off of that. But I think, but one way to do that, especially is to talk to a mentor, talk to someone that you trust, someone that's looking out for your best interest, because those are the people that care about you the most, a parent, grandparent, uh, a colleague that you've worked with for a long time. Those are the people that are really going to give you better insight on maybe what to do with your finances. And even better than that, talk to a financial professional. I think that's probably the most key thing. If Building
3: you the relationship yeah. at that point. That makes a lot of sense. I think, I know, I think that when you, every aspect of life needs to have the, that person that can kind of pour their life into you and give you their life experiences. So I appreciate what you said. It's difficult just to get the language, but a mentor who cares about you, whether it's the financial professional or a parent or grandparent or someone like that, they're interested in helping you understand what's going on. Right. So that's critical from that standpoint.
6: It'd be like you telling me something, I teaching you. me something, and then I go ask my dad what it is, and he may, I may just connect with him a little bit better on what exactly he's trying to explain to me.
3: Well, I appreciate you being here today. Michael Powell, Certified Financial Planner. We've been talking about money for millennials, steps for improving your financial literacy. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. If you've been listening, of course, to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9, my guest earlier, Chuck Wood and Ben Taylor from Mission of Mercy at Bellevue Baptist Church this weekend. If you want to know more about Mission of Mercy, don't hesitate to give them a call. We hope you've enjoyed today's program. As always, thanks for listening. If you have questions for Talk Money, send them to Money at ShoemakerFinancial.com. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money.
0: Jim Shoemaker and Michael Powell are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services Inc., securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskowitz. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money.